Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. This is James. We're back at it with some investment news. We have a rather gloomy investment term of the day, but I thought it was appropriate because of the date. Uh, So everybody's heard of Black Friday. Okay, but what about Black Thursday? Black Thursday is a pretty notorious day in the investment world, like a a date in history. Uh, I'll just give you the uh, like the Webster's definition here. Okay, Black Thursday is the name given to an infamous day in stock market history. Thursday, October twenty fourth, nineteen twenty nine. On Thursday, October twenty fourth, nineteen twenty nine, the stock market opened eleven percent lower than the previous day's close, and panic selling ensued throughout a day of heavy trading. Black Thursday is considered the first day of the great stock market crash of 1929, which continued until October 29th. Black Thursday also refers to shopping and sales that begin on Thanksgiving Day, a preview of Black Friday, the beginning of the holiday shopping season. Okay, no one cares about the shopping season. That's that's not as fun as the uh, gloom and doom 1929. Uh, but yeah, on that day, guys, try to, try to picture it really quickly. There, there's no computers there. I mean, telephones only want there is no like either they pick up there's no voicemail so either they pick up or they don't pick up and so if you're trying to sell stuff either you are sprinting riding a horse riding a bike riding a henry ford motor vehicle whatever it is they drove in the 1920s uh down to your broker and trying to sell your stock just because of all of the news right so all this panic selling is extremely difficult so a lot of people didn't get to sell and um, I actually think it's probably smarter if you didn't sell as long as you held, right? If you can hold for the most for the most part, it makes a lot more sense than selling. Um, but I could just see how this was probably the worst day in a stockbroker's <laughs> career back then. It would be extremely stressful and I would just be, it would be far too much for me, I think. Having a hundred people come to you demanding they sell their stock. I, even though back then stockbrokers made money on both ends, I think. So if I bought a stock for you in 1929, I'd make money. And if I sold it for you, I'd make money. So maybe they actually were like, yeah, okay, I'll sell. I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it just because it probably wouldn't be a good thing for the client. But who know, Who knows how they felt back then? Okay, enough about that. Let's get into the news. Guys, we have a, uh, this is probably the biggest earnings week of the year. We have a bunch of companies. I wrote them down. I think it's a bunch of big tech companies like Apple and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there, there's a bunch of earnings this week. So it could be a really good week. Could be a bad week. We will see. Today so far, very good. Okay, so what is happening in the news? We have, okay. U.S. stock futures are higher ahead of what could be the busiest week of this earnings season. Nearly a third of S&P companies, S&P 500 companies will report results this week, including tech giants Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta platforms. Okay, just real quick. You guys remember Fang? Fang stocks? This is, I don't know, a year or two ago we were talking about it. Those are, that's like the big, the, the big, big, big tech companies. You got Facebook, you got Apple, you got Amazon, you got Google, and you have Netflix. Okay, it's changing periodically, but it sounds like a lot of FANG stocks or FANG companies are giving their reports this week. Uh, On Friday, stocks surged to close out the trading trading week following a report that the Federal Reserve will likely raise interest rates by 75 basis points in November, but debate a smaller interest rate hike in December, raising hopes that the central bank may ease off its aggressive policy of interest rate hikes to cool inflation. 
The Dow rose 2.5%, the S&P gained 2.4%, and the NASDAQ added 2.3%. That's just for the day, <laughs> uh, which is normal. That, that could be a week or a month right there normally. Uh, for the week, the S&P jumped 4.7%, the Dow rose 49 and the NASDAQ added 5.2%. Treasury yields fell with a 10-year Treasury yield at 4.18%. The U.S. tumbled. The U.S. dollar tumbled against the Japanese yen, logging its biggest daily drop against the Japanese currency in more than two months. Traders speculated that Japanese central bank may be intervening in the market to stem the yen's slide. The dollar was down about 1.7% against the yen. Oil prices rose in choppy trading amid expectations of tight supply as more sanctions on Russian oil loom. Light Swede crude is just below $84 a barrel, and stocks in China fell sharply following the end of the Communist Party of China's 20th National Congress. The Shanghai Composite lost over 2%. The Hang Seng Index sank about 6.4%, hitting its lowest level since 2009, led by a sell-off in tech stocks. Stocks in Europe were mostly higher, with the Europe stock 600 up 1.2%. Later this morning, later this morning, S&P Global released its Manufacturing and Servicing Purchasing Managers Indexes PMI for October. That is quite a sentence. Let me read that again, just so we can <laughs> we can all be on the same page. Later this morning, S&P Global released its Manufacturing and Service Purchasing Managers Index for October. The manufacturing PMI is expected to show a reading of 51 down from 52 in September. The services PMI is expected to come in at 49.5, up from 49.3 in September. Among companies reporting earnings today are Caden Design Systems and Discover Financial Services. Uh, guys, I wish I could tell you I was an expert in manufacturing and service purchasing managers indexes. I certainly am not. Uh, but I do, before we get into the headlines, I just want to touch on something. One, when I when we went over the uh, Friday's return, S&P gained 2.4, and then for the week, it gained 4.7. Guys, it's just a roller coaster, okay? These, there's going to be lots of hills, lots of valleys. Obviously, we're in one giant valley, but as far as the line on the graph goes, it's going up aggressively, and it's going down aggressively, okay? We're in a volatile recession period, so just keep that in mind. Don't get too excited when you see these types of numbers and don't get too down when you see the other numbers. It's just, it's a ride, right? Continue to ride it. Continue to ride it. Don't uh, get excited at the peaks and don't get depressed in the valleys. Uh, and then also one thing I want to touch on, which is it's honestly a hit to my ego, but I want to be honest with you guys. Okay. I want to be open and vulnerable. Okay. I want to make sure that if if you're a client or if you come to 15 minutes for investment knowledge, I want you guys to know that I will admit things whenever I am not correct. Now, that's, this isn't that moment, but I will admit when I'm not correct. So one thing I want to talk about is NEO. So NEO from day one, NIO, guys, it's the Tesla of China or Tesla's competitor in China, whatever you want to call it, um, from day one of this podcast, been a big fan, been a huge fan. Okay, Tesla, or uh, sorry, Neo is in the grave. Okay, it is, I think it's below $10 right now. Let me look at what it is. But maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, it was at $60. Okay, now it's at $918. And just today alone, it's dropped 18%. Now, I have a lot of money in Neo. Okay, I have a lot of client money in Neo. Now, I'm, We'll be honest and say it's very difficult to defend <laughs> that position right now. However, however, 
it is and has always been my stance that it's a hold position. Okay, we are holding Neo. We're not selling Neo when it gets sad, and we're not selling Neo when it gets glad. Okay, we're not doing that. Get in at this time, get out at this time. This is a legacy hold, which for me is five, 10 year hold, could even be 30, 40, 50 year hold. Okay, this is a hold that if you would have held Tesla in 2009 or 2011 when it was $8, okay, well, now you'd be really, really happy. They just did a stock split at about 900 and now it's somewhere between 200 and $300 a stock. Okay, so that is the type of position I hold on Neo. Big, big fan. Yes, it's not doing well. Don't look at it for what it's worth now. Look at what it's worth way down the road. And if we look at uh, analysts' assessment of what it's actually worth, I think it's somewhere in the 60s. So it's China, guys. You can't, you can't do anything... You can't not get you cannot guess China decision making or their policies or where their stocks are going to be. You just can't. But all I can tell you is Neo's the best electric car company in that country, and the country is very aggressively trying to go green with their vehicles. So keep that in mind. All right. It's a no brainer to me and it's a long, long hold. Okay. Enough about my very volatile favorite stock. <laughs> okay, the headlines here. Uh, again, I guess we're going to start with China. Bad news. Uh, China's GDP grew 3.9% in the third quarter. According to the Chinese government, the delayed GDP release showed that Chinese economy bouncing back from COVID-19 lockdowns in the spring. Uh, I guess that's not bad news. That's good news. But then why is Neo down, China? Why is Neo down? <laughs> Uh, and it's not just Neo too. All of Chinese tech companies are just taking a big hit, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. I haven't had a chance to look into it. Uh, let's see. Shares of Tesla are down three percent in pre-market trading after Elon Musk's electric vehicle firm cut the price of cars in China. See, Elon knows what he's doing. Uh, the starting price for the Model Three sedan was cut to three thirty-six thousand six hundred fifteen dollars, reversing some price increases from earlier in the year. Uh, the Republican National Committee is suing Google, claiming its campaign emails were being sent to spam folders. The RNC claimed in a federal court in California that Google is unlawfully discriminating against the RNC by throttling its email messages because of the RNC's political affiliation and views. Throttling its email messages. Interesting, interesting choice of words there, RNC. Uh, thousands of unionized retail workers are lobbying regulators and lawmakers to stop the $25 billion merger between Kroger and Albertsons. Four local chapters of the United Food and Commercial Workers International said they are assessing their options for lobbying and coordinated action against the deal. So if you guys remember on Friday, we talked about this uh, food distribution um, merger Excuse me, between Kroger and Albertsons. That's a really big deal. That is a really, really big deal. Is it a good thing? I don't I don't really think it's a bad thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what they could be unionizing against. It's probably that Kroger doesn't have the type of maybe worker compensation or uh, same benefits that Albertsons does. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to be unionizing against. I think that's something to, to look at just because Kroger is such a massive, massive company as far as, I mean, they distribute our food. That's a pretty big deal. So, and if you guys all know Kroger is like, there's a term, at least from where, where, where I'm from is that it's the Kroger brand of stuff, which is, so if you have, I don't know, L'Oreal, or if you have a uh, banana boat 
uh, so L'Oreal shampoo or banana boat sunscreen, like there's always a Kroger brand of it, right? It's usually like 50 cents less. There's always just like a Kroger brand. Uh, not that it's secondhand, but it's a little bit cheaper, right? And I think that Kroger has done a really good job. I think it's Walmart's brand. Walmart is, Kroger is Walmart, I think. I could totally be wrong there. But I like that. I like that Kroger creates alternatives. It's pretty much the exact same stuff. It's just not name brand. And Kroger is a publicly traded company. You can invest in Kroger. I have a couple of clients' money, like allocated some of it into Kroger, just because it's it's nice to be diversified and food distribution is a good, um, solid position to hold. So yeah, I kind of like Kroger. I don't know what they could be unionizing against. We will have to see. Um, okay, let's see really quickly. Oh, I guess that's pretty much it. Well, that's kind of boring. Guys, I guess, uh, well, I got I got two minutes here. Let me just go on another rant here for you. Let me give you guys some, uh, some JW opinions. I think that this week's going to be good. I think we're going to have some positive earnings. Companies are just making money. This, this is the thing that I, in my very few years of experience of doing this, I would say that outside of calamity, so we're talking war, famine, pestilence, that type of stuff, if companies keep making money, there can't be some massive major 50% drop in the market. I just don't see it happening um, outside of war and stuff. And even then, when that type of stuff happens, if, if you want to look at... Um, um, two thousand two or twenty twenty with COVID, the market fell rapidly and then it bounced back even higher. So there are reactions, negative reactions to the market, but usually when those outside forces affect the market, there is quick reactions both directions, both negatively and positively. But when companies stop making money, that is an internal market related problem and that takes intentional I think about like a vehicle well if there's an issue on the road that can get that can get fixed a lot quicker than if your vehicle has like if your tire is flat right you have to physically stop the car you have to get the tools out change the tire it's the same thing with the market like if the highway that's outside of the vehicle that's the war pestilence famine etc that can there's a quick reaction usually for that but if there's something wrong internally with the vehicle, like the market, if companies aren't making money, you have to physically stop, assess the situation, and then actually fix it. So if companies keep making money, you know, also a flat tire, if they don't have a flat tire, then, you know, I think we're going to be able to do okay. So that is sort of my assessment going into this week. Uh, hopefully no flat tires, <laughs> companies keep making money, and we can uh, continue on the highway and uh, again, guys, it's a roller coaster. It's ups and downs. It's a valley. It's a peak. We're just in it. So stay in it. Don't lose hope. And um, yeah, as always, guys, you guys can reach out to me at 77financialgroup.com and 77financialgroup on Instagram. Uh, guys, invest early, invest often, and we'll see you soon.